0: Let's talk about a time you felt like a fish out of water. What's up, friends? This is Victoria Spadaccini, host of Your Extraordinary Existence, a podcast that's all about recognizing the extraordinary you and helping you leverage that greatness to create a life that you love, that's powerful, that's abundant, that's authentic, And today I'm sharing a clip of a storytelling showcase that I was a part of through the Brooklyn Comedy Collective and the wonderful teacher and owner, um, Philip Markle. He's fabulous in terms of the art of storytelling and in general. And so I want to preface this by saying this story touches on one of the very many, many experiences that have shaped who I am and where I am today. And that The people in this story, the the bullies that I had, were 11, 12, 13 years old, and they were just kids. And, you know, I realized we, we don't know what we're doing when we're that age. We have no idea. We haven't really experienced life or flexed any sort of empathy muscles. And it's so crazy. One of the girls in this story who... Um, who bullied me actually a couple of years ago before I even told the story, which was very recently. She messaged me on Facebook and she apologized. She said she was sorry and that she wishes and hopes that all of my dreams come true. And I wished her the same. And that was really an, a beautiful moment for me and hopefully for her as well in terms of closure, and just a testament to how we evolve over time as we get older. And that the person that someone was years ago certainly isn't the person that they are now. And so I just wanted to put that out there because I think that's really cool. So without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and let this one roll. Enjoy, guys
1: last performer and here is her fun fact her birthday's on new year's eve that's it give it up for victoria
0: life hates you in fact everybody hates you you're just not worthwhile that's 12 year old me talking to 12-year-old me when I had attended St. Gabriel's Private Catholic Middle School, which really felt like a hellhole for elitist children to feel popular by putting me down. And at the time, there were no anti-bullying campaigns, there was no woke mafia to protect me, and definitely no end Asian hate rallies or hashtags there to look out for me. Just... Hideous me being told by beautiful them how awful it was that I existed. And I just sort of accepted this notion that I was ugly as a fact. I mean, I really never understood why I was a target. Was it was it because I was quiet? Was it because of my face, the the shape of my eyes or of my nose? You know. My mom at home called me lovingly Ilongi, which uh, in Tagalog translates into something kind of cute, like button nose, basically. But at school, the kids would say, looks like Victoria got stepped on. And so I would go home and do these stretches with my nose, like literally stretching my nose out to make it look bigger so that I would match everybody. Totally did not work. And so... The bullying started with getting my rolly book bag kicked as I was walking between class, which was really annoying, but not really that bad because it was just kids like that I didn't have class with or really know. Um, But then that shifted and my friends began to turn on me. I remember morning prayer one day. One of my closest friends, Shannon, led it and she said, Dear God, please help all the people with only one red jacket that they wear every day. It makes them look like Elmo. Amen. And then Candace every morning would spend homeroom telling me how gross I was because I didn't shave my legs and she'd have her posse and they'd laugh at me. I mean, I was 12. So it was around the age when you started shaving your legs. But I, I don't know, I guess it just wasn't important to me at the time. It wasn't something that everybody did. Um so that was awful because that was every single day I'd actually try to be late to school on purpose so that I could miss out on <laughs> on this torture. Um uh, in math class, I mean this is all day in math class, Angela would um take my backpack, throw it across the room and steal my seat, which was a real hassle because I'd have to get my stuff, I'd be late to class, I'd have to find a new seat or push her seat over. And so that was fun. Um This friend that I had, Amanda, I remember under her breath, she would go lesbian and she'd do a little cough, which was basically the worst thing that you could be at um, in a Catholic school at the time. Um, And at the school dance, I remember I was super excited. I went to Limited Two, which was a really popular store for middle school girls. They had stuff like Spice Girl lollipops and scrunchie tops and butterfly clips. It was one of my favorite stores. And I got this dress for the dance and when I got there, Francesca came up to me and she said, "Ew, you look like an ugly flower." And I took that so to heart that I zipped up I zipped up my jacket and stood in the corner even though like we had gone through 12 dresses at Limited 2 and this was the one that we really loved, but I hid in the corner because I believed her. At the end of eighth grade, I remember somebody announced to the class, Victoria has a crush on Mario, which I totally did. But when they announced that, everyone broke into laughter. I turned bright red. He looked at me and he went gross, even though I'm pretty sure he made me feel pretty the the day before. Um, and so this is just some of the daily things that I had to go through. Um, I remember a girl pulled my hair because she was convinced that it was a wig. Uh, Someone threw a pie in my face on the very last day of school. I mean, like, ridiculous things. And the whole time, I, I would just leave my body and be this sort of emotional puddle on the ground. On the outside, I'd smile and I'd laugh uncomfortably, trying to appear as if it didn't bother me but it it totally did it didn't convince me that I was okay and I remember going down the highway I was in the back seat with my parents they were driving and I just thought you know I could really just like I could pull the door car handle the car door handle because that way I could end all of this this totally sucks so it was pretty suicidal and i didn't even know what that word meant at the time that was not a word that was in any of our vocabulary textbooks but it certainly was what i was going through pain does this crazy thing to you it makes you choose at its most extreme it makes you choose between dying or living an awesome life that you actually like love enjoy because in between that is just this slow, arduous torture. It's kind of like slowly dying. And so, the little voice inside of me said, don't do that. Don't pull the car door handle. That's not a good idea. So, I chose life. Assuming no one liked me was not doing me any favors. I remember... In middle school, this kid came up to me and said, you look pretty today. And I was so unadjusted to hearing that that I actually thought he was making fun of me and I just kind of scoffed him away. It's crazy how, how your brain can warp reality. And in those moments where it feels like it's you against the world, you versus other people, It's helpful to realize that you have those same characteristics too, the ones that are coming out of the people who bother you. And so in order for you to change your life experience and the kinds of relationships you have, how everything unfolds, you have to change those same characteristics in yourself as well. So the next year I entered high school and went to a completely different school with different kids, which was a blessing for so many reasons. Um, And it was a choice that I had made for myself but also it allowed me a clean slate. And I made a stark decision in my mind that I was never gonna let anybody experience the pain that I had experienced in middle school and that I was just gonna show up as kind and sweet and loving as I possibly could be because it was just totally unfair for anyone to go through that. And so I would welcome people to sit at our table at lunch And I would stand up for kids when people would gossip about them or tease them. And I made so many friends. And for the first time, I was actually excited to go to school. There was a joke about my table freshman year, which was called the everyone table, because the popular girls would get kicked out of their table and they'd come sit with us because they knew that we would welcome them in. And when their friends forgave them, they'd leave. They'd go back to their tables, but they knew that we were always there for them. And I know everyone at that table still, still remembers that and talks about it because I've heard it. And it's cool. I'm glad that we could do that, that we had put that out there, you know? And so years pass after high school. I go to college, I graduate, I enter the working world, and I really didn't do all of the inner work necessary to completely clear up the assumptions that I created about myself when I was 12. And so I kind of recreated this middle school experience in a lot of work situations and romantic situations until it started getting so bad that I felt like I, I needed to reach out for help. And it started with me just reading empowering books that taught me about the importance of where and how I spend my mental energy because what I focus on grows. And I had uplifting teachers and colleagues who really believed in me and for the first time, I really listened to them. I really believed them. And I leaned more into my hobbies in music, comedy, writing, travel, exercise, sports. And what I found was that all of these stand-up comedians, motivational speakers, inventors, musicians had in common was that they had all experienced pain. And they had decided to transform that pain into something new and change their perspective on it and create something that was a gift to the world and to them as a result of their pain. Pain for me has been a true gift, what I went through, because it allows me to more deeply understand the human experience and empathize with people from all different walks of life. So fast forward to my early 20s, I was getting my nails done, and I was sitting at the drying bar with my mom, sort of just talking to her about what was going on in my life and my job. At that time, I was leading up the content creation um, and communications for an international brand, and I couldn't help but notice that people were so stressed and unhappy and bosses and employees that were yelling and, and fighting and there was a lot of fear and blame and it was just so clear that this was not the place that people came to experience joy and I was telling her how that's insane because life is meant for fun life is meant to have a great time life is meant to Um, have the highest expression of your gifts and everybody has those. But sometimes people are in environments where they're completely underappreciated and it just shouldn't be that way. People shouldn't wake up uh, on Monday morning looking forward to Friday um, or, you know, living their lives thinking that they are resigned to this kind of lifestyle because of obligation or money or what other people think or what they should or shouldn't do because they can do whatever they want and that they're capable and they just don't know that for some reason. Um, But it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people um, and being able to know that what you want is actually available in the first place. And so um, as I was having this talk, I was paying, we were getting ready to leave, and this girl who was in the middle of getting her nails done stopped to get up. and She said, wait, 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 I just, before you leave, I want to let you know I was listening to you. I hope that's okay. And everything you said just really struck a chord with me. It's so eye-opening. And know that no matter what you do in your life, you're just always going to inspire people. And wow, that just meant so much to me to hear. I thanked her and appreciated her. And I still think about her because it also reconfirmed that my perspectives, my love, all of these things are valuable and helpful. And so um, after many years of people telling me that I should be a life coach um, and helping people. helping people get out of situations they don't like, helping people actually construct action plans towards things that they wanted and achieving them. I went to school to get certified in life coaching, and it's a true honor of a lifetime to be in people's lives as their ally, seeing them at their highest potential, holding them accountable to their dreams. It's it's the best job ever for me, at least. And in a way, I mean, I really show up as the person that I needed when I was 12 years old at St. Gabe's Middle School. And if I could just see myself, the 12-year-old me, and get down on a knee and look at myself in the eye, I'd say, hey, you're awesome. Don't let anybody make you feel otherwise. You are smart and beautiful and talented, and you have so much to look forward to. You're going to meet the love of your life. You're going to travel the world. You're going to have a pretty crazy, interesting education. And despite what you might believe right now, life doesn't hate you. Life loves you. Life fully supports you. And it's just waiting for you to realize that. Thank you.
1: Gloria, here's to turning pain into life. Wow. Yeah. You know, thank you everyone. So much applause as John Bao just wrote in the comments on Zoom uh, and thank you our audience for tuning in tonight and everyone for being here to witness these stories and thank you to our storytellers for bearing your hearts and opening up. It is not an easy thing to do, especially when we've been through so much in the last year. So again, thank you for being here. If you want to do this, you can check out more on our website at brooklyncc.com. Thank you to everyone who took this class. I loved teaching you. And thank you to Octavia. Girl, you know I love working with you. And uh, that's our
0: show, everybody. Hell yeah. BCC. Bye. This has been episode six of Your Extraordinary Existence. If you like the show subscribe leave a review all of it is so appreciated and if you or somebody you know has a story or perspective that you'd like to share please reach out to me at your extraordinary existence at gmail.com or you can write me an email victoria at gmail.com it's in the description below and remember that you really are extraordinary